Welcome to Shot Callers. I'm your host, Dennis Postuma. Today is a very special day because live, live from Berlin, we are talking to Eva Medelik, and um, she's at her home away from home, as she calls it. Eva, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're very excited to have you. Thanks, Dennis. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, making time when you're away, that's always, that's always appreciated. <laughs> Eva is a certified high-performance coach, a personal success coach, and an author. And we were just discussing her, her books right now. And today we're going to be talking about her being part of the Phenomenal Feminine Entrepreneurs book. Um, and so we'll jump right into it. Uh, so tell me, with being a high performance coach, Eva, what is high performance? Well, high performance is really, it boils down to consistency because I know with a lot of people, you hear the word high performance and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it sounds like hard work and drive and driven and I'm already exhausted by the word high performance. But really, if we were to really get to the bottom line of what high performance is, it really is uh, succeeding consistently over the long term while maintaining a healthy, happy life. It's creating that both and, and what I like to call it is having success without sacrificing your health, your well-being, or your relationships. It really is a both and. Yeah, I love that because including those parts of high performance, so many people miss out on those other areas when there's, when, and they think it's just all one thing like work or entrepreneurship. So mm -hmm. I love that you included that in there. And um, I, I love, I love your backstory. Can we go into that a little bit, Absolutely. going from how you came into, so you were a, a dental hygienist, correct? Yes. <laughs> and and I, I love reading about the story and hearing about what decided to change your mind and get into what you're doing now. Can you kind of talk to our viewers about that? Well, yeah, it was, I was kind of just kicked in the butt. If you, you know, for lack of a better word, I was just happily in the work rat, rat race because I was making good money and, you know, had been in my job more than 30 years actually. And then we moved from New York to um, San Francisco Bay area and found a good job there and thought I had job security. And then, you know, back in 2008 till about 2012, our economy took a huge dump. And yeah. as a result, I was downsized, literally Dennis, on my 50th birthday. I was planning my 50th birthday, and this was 11 years ago, and had a, a vacation in Mexico and staying at a nice resort and just feeling good, a couple of kids in college. Was just um, married to my second husband. We got married in Berlin, hence the, the Berlin connection. And um, I was downsized, you know, my salary was cut, my days were cut, and I found myself literally at the age of 50 needing to interview and find work, which was very, very difficult. It was humiliating. Nobody wants to hear that you're, you know, 50 years old and have over 30 years of experience, right. you, know, you know, being qualified was a deterrent at that time and I, but I also knew that we wanted this lifestyle. Sure. 
Sure. I wanted to have a place in Berlin. I wanted to be able to take summers off and just go away and have a, a job that I could work anywhere in the world. And that wasn't dental hygiene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought it could be, but it wasn't. And so I actually had to look for something to do that didn't require me to go back to school and get another degree or anything like that. And, um, you know, I came across Robert Kiyosaki, the author of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was reading some of his, his books. He's got several of the purple books, which I'm sure you may be aware of. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, real estate, I could do that. And there was an opportunity to go to one of his seminars and learn more about uh, financial education and how to create passive streams of income. And so I took a leap of faith. I bet on myself, even being downsized. And I enrolled in coaches and mentors and trainings to become a real estate investor. That's awesome. And, and tell me, so usually the best of the best coaches and you being in coaching have that experience. Tell me, tell me how coaching and, and having good mentors changed your life and obviously put you on this path to being a successful coach. Because everybody I talk to that is a successful coach. And by the way, just to point out, I wouldn't have missed this interview for the world. We're in different time zones. I, I was getting up early. I was ready to go. So uh, <laughs> I'm very excited about it. So tell me though, how did coaching and mentorship get into and give, drive your passion to being a coach now? Well, first of all, I was panicked. I've been cleaning teeth literally since I was 16 years old. And so this was a whole new world for me. You don't get good financial education in school. Sure. You really don't. You know that. And, um, you know, you really have to, to, to seek out, you know, how the rich become rich. Right. I mean, it really is available to all. And so... I knew at the age of 50, I didn't have the luxury of 20, 30 years to figure this out. So when you think of having coaches and mentors, you want to collapse that timeline yes. and really learn from their mistakes. They've made them before you. And so they're not going to coach you or guide you into the same mistakes. They're going to tell you, this is what I've learned. This is the way to go. And this is how to do it. So it was really critical to me that I worked with coaches and mentors so that you know, I had a five-year plan and, you know, and I wanted to have a place in Germany. I wanted to be able to leave and be here for months on end without having a J-O-B. And we really achieved that within year four. And I also had this tiny little dream of being on House Hunters International, because once you get into real estate, you start watching all these shows on HGTV. Right, right. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to be on there one day. And literally within four years of starting my financial uh, educational journey um, and, and passive streams of income, um, we were we had our place in Berlin and we were on House Hunters International. So like that was dream number one that came true. And I and then I started be, becoming a mentor myself because my husband and I were inducted into the Hall of Fame in um and uh, with the company that we were educated in because of, you know, taking the coaching, following the coaching, experiencing success by, you know, doing what they tell you to do. It sure. was like, just be dumb enough to do what they tell you to do. Like, it was really like, don't try to invent the wheel here. Yes. And, um, and I started um, coaching and mentoring myself, uh, you know, myself. And what I found, though, was that there was so much fear 
for people to make a mistake that they didn't really trust that what the coaches and mentors were saying was true. They didn't have the courage to, you know, make the phone calls and make the offers and, you know, find the deals and get, you know, capital and financing for the deals. And most people, especially ladies my age, were being held back from that fear. What do people say? No, how do I ask for money? And I remember like, you don't ask for money, you shop the deal. Yeah. Find the deals and the money will come. That's hard to believe yeah. when you're when you're not in that world. Cause I had a problem myself, like, and I remember one of my coaches said, stop asking for money. Nobody's gonna give you money but people want to invest in the deal. They want the ROI. And so I started coaching in that world, but I realized that people needed more than just to learn how to do it. They needed to get out of their own way so they could do it. Wow. There's so many things I want to bring up from that (laughs) topic. I'm very excited about that. But so let me start first with how do you get somebody? I just ran into this last night. I was giving some financial advice. And the individual wasn't listening to me. And I was like, you know, hey, this is what I get paid to do. So mm-hmm. you don't have to listen to me. But how do you get them past the, the courage perspective? How do you get them past that? Because I see that with so many people that are way more talented than me, that just mm-hmm. don't have the courage to step out and do that. So what advice do you have for those people? Well, you know, that's actually part of my signature framework. Before I even coach people to high performance, we start talking about um, habits, patterns, beliefs, and behaviors from your early life experience and how it's sabotaging your success and your relationships now. And so I would say number one is to be aware of what you fear. You usually have um, fear, frustration, and fatigue. You got to know if it's outcome fear, if it's pain fear, if it's you know, what if the grass isn't greener on the other side? What exactly is the fear? And there's so many fears that people are grappling with that were born out of their earlier life experiences that they built to protect themselves. And so we get to look at that carefully, where that came from, you know, is it really true? And what's the worst that could happen? You know, most people, you know, our school system, uh, I'm going to be on a tangent now, has set us up that if we get a bad grade, we feel like crap, we get punished, you know, we don't get the ice, you know, if we get a good grade, we get the ice cream from mom and dad, you know, why did, you know, if we didn't get a good grade, like, why did you fail this? And you feel like crap. And so nobody wants to make a mistake, right? Because there's that connotation of I'm bad, I'll be punished, all of that. And so we do everything we can to avoid that feeling. And so I want you to fail faster. Let's make those mistakes. Let's get them out of the way. Let's get those lessons and let's do it. And you only can do that through action. And so because of that upbringing that we've all experienced, especially if you were educated in the United States, you know, we stop ourselves from taking those chances and those risks because we don't want to feel bad. Right. And I love that you talk about learning, the, you know, as far as kind of do, advancing the learning curve and taking not necessarily shortcuts, but learning from other people's mistakes, because I'm very big on that. That's what our television network's about. I, I'm also very big on self-improvement and the Kobe Bryant, you know, improving, like, you know, going out and practicing 
X number of days and getting ahead of the competition by that. You read two books a month, correct? And yes, so, I do. <laughs> yeah, so you're constantly self-improving. So tell our viewers a little bit about how, how that is at the forefront of what you're doing and why it's allowed you to advance at such an extraordinary level in such a short period of time. It started with um, real estate, me getting frustrated and discouraged and starting to think, I'll never be successful. I can never do this. I want to give up. And I remember one of my mentors said to me, um, you know, she taught me some, some things I could do to get, you know, get over my pity party, so to speak. Um, but I also leaned heavily on books, hearing other people's stories, because your story can be someone else's survival guide. Yeah. And everybody has a story. So, you know, learning how other people overcame those negative voices in their heads, the feeling of giving up. And, you know, and I would read, I would read for education. And I still do. I read for personal development, for general education. And then I've got my guilty pleasure for entertainment. And so depending upon what I need at that time, right. you know, I've got two to three books going simultaneously, usually at a, at a time. And, you know, I'll start with an audible. And if it's really good, I'll get the hardcover and then mark it up and highlight it and on all of that. If it's like, eh, you know, take away a lesson and move on. And then I have my guilty, guilty pleasure, which is People Magazine, where I just delve into Hollywood gossip and movies, but they have good recipes in there. So that's my other love, which is, which is cooking. So, you know, I, I try for me, I lead a, a well-rounded life. You know, sometimes I want to learn how to be a better leader. Sometimes I want to, you know, learn a specific skill. And, you know, sometimes I just want to just dive into other people's, you know, lives and worlds and take myself out of it and, and do something funny. I love I love you because really, realistically, you're just filling your cup, whatever it may be. I talk about that a lot. You're filling your cup, whatever that is, those hours of that time and the simultaneous books at once. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so going back to kind of going on uh, house hunters and having that vision, do you have any advice as far as, did you put that on a vision board? Did you, are you a visionary person, a journaling person? What gets you from A to B for, for those type of things? You know, I do use vision boards and I had never done that in the past, but I, um, I actually, have mantras that I that I say and repeat every morning and I and I have a morning routine a morning routine will set you up to win the day and part of the the morning routine is is getting my mind right for the day but I am a huge visionary and fortunately my husband is the implementer so you know he's he's German so he loves to research so I'll get the big ideas and then I'll throw them at him like can you help me figure out how to do this <laughs> Or, you know, or I'll hire, you know, I'll hire a, a coach or a mentor to get me from A to B because I, I know my, my limitations and, you know, where I need help. And I very rarely go it alone because that just causes a lot of stress and yep. overwhelm. And then you end up, you know, like what happened to me was my marriage started to fall apart because I was one of those, not only was I perf a perfectionist, but I was a do-it-all-myself type of girl. Right. In the beginning of my um, real estate investing career, and um, and I ended up burnt out, stressed out, and overwhelmed. And because of that, 
that contributed to a breakdown in my marriage where there was infidelity in my marriage. And so, you know, it was the two by four to the head to really get laser focused. So, you know, to answer your question, I'm very visionary, I'm very focused and um, learn how to limit the, the, the distractions. So I have kind of my, my CPR method, sure. get clear on what I want. Okay. And really get clear. And my husband and I were always like writing down our goals for the year at the beginning of the year in our mandatory meetings for our company that we have to have in places like Paris or wherever we feel like having them. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're mandatory, you know, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so we would set up goals for our business and for our personal life as well. And I started vision boarding. Um, with another coach that I was working with just to, you know, really get clear and focus because once you're clear and focused on what you want to create for a certain time in your life, it helps you minimize the distractions because right. I also have, what is it? Shiny object syndrome Yes. and FOMA like, Oh, that looks nice. I should go here. And if I bring my back myself back to, this is the goal, this is a vision. This is what we're focusing on. You've got to stay targeted or nothing will happen. And so that really helps me get clear, which is the clarity piece of the CPR, prioritize, you know, with all of the goals that you have, what order do they need to happen to and what is the priority at the moment? And then the R, which is you've got to be responsible for setting and communicating your boundaries. That's awesome. That's all, I'm taking notes here. So that's, uh, that's it. That's how powerful that is. That's, that's really awesome. That's because if people don't know what you're creating, what your boundaries are, they can't support you. And yeah. that's a lot of frustration and miscommunication comes in relationships and with your team. Like recently, and I just said to my husband, you know, at this time, you know, I'm going to be on a Zoom. And so like, that means you can't be drilling stuff and everything like that. And just, you know, it, it's a deep level of respect to let the people who are on your team, whether they're in your personal or professional life, know what you're doing, know what you want to create so that they can help and support the boundaries that you could create, the goals that you could create, your priorities, and keep you on track. Because left to our own selves, we can really get off course. So it's important to communicate the boundaries. Yeah. And that's something huge. With, I'm talking about high performance is really self-management and life management. And I mean, I'm sure you deal with that all the time. What, so what would you say de determines performance outcomes? Well, it really is that CPR and getting, and okay. getting clear on what those outcomes that you want. So it's the, you know, it's whether you're letting your fears, your fatigue, and your frustration get in the way. It's really getting some discipline okay. in there. When we talk about performance outcomes, we really talk about, first of all, you know, let me just see how I can say this clearly. First of all, your ambition, Okay. you know, because your ambition is going to drive and going to change your behavior. And the habits and behaviors that you have in place have to be appropriate for the success that you want to create. So if you're creating, um, I just want to think of a good example. 
you know, it goes back to the shiny object syndrome, I would say, if you're really focused on writing a book, then focus on writing a book. Don't get squirreled away by something else, you know, keep your focuses clear. And then um, we also have to talk about your competency. You know, do you have the skill level? Do you need to hire coaches? Do you need to, you know, learn a new skill so that you can um, support what you're trying to create as well? And so, um, and what beliefs do you have? You know, do you believe that you can do it or are you um, negative? What is it? Negative Nelly or Debbie Downer? Uh, you know? you <laughs> yeah, any of those things. Yeah, I always say lay down Larry from uh, <laughs> the, the one movie. Um, She's out of my league. So I always, I always, use uh, that. there you go. Um, there you go. What, what do you think causes underperformance for people in their lives? Um, fears. Fears, okay. Yeah, frustration, fears, fatigue, you know. Um, I, I say a lot of it is the burnout and the overwhelm from not saying no, not being selfish. You know, your ability to be, your success depends on your ability to prioritize without feeling guilty or regretting. And when you're saying yes to things that don't support your priorities and focus at that time, it creates a level of fatigue that creates burnout and overwhelm. And that's when you start to underperform. That's an awesome. Can you say that again? Prioritize without. You, yeah. Without regrets or guilt. Without regret or guilt. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you get people to balance that, their lives and so that they can have it all? Well, here's the thing about balance. It's not equal. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. When we, when we visualize balance, we see a scale, right? That's yeah. equal on both sides. And when your scale is balanced, what's the number on the scale? Zero. And that's the kind of results you're going to get. That's, oh, that's awesome. Zero results, zero success. So we don't want to zero out our results. And so you have the ability to add or subtract to whatever side of the scale needs it at that time, depending on your priorities always goes back to priorities, right? So let, let me give you an example because I always talk relationships because when I was only prioritizing my work, I nearly lost my relationship. And sure. so that's really near and dear to my heart. And so, you know, here I am in Berlin for the month of September. And, um, you know, there were two days that I dedicated to working and I let my husband know, these are the two days that I have clients I, I have some responsibility for, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, the rest of the time we're free. And, and now we're in our last week. So I've got to get ready to re-enter the atmosphere of, <laughs> of yes. work. And, um, but I communicated that to him. Sure. And so we were clear and he supported that. You know, he didn't schedule anything. He putzed around in the house while I worked. And, and so, but when you don't um, communicate what gets to be done, you're going to have that miscommunication. You know, he's going to plan things and I'm going to plan things and we're not coming together to, to support one another's success. And it really is the calendar. 
you know, you, you've got to calendarize. Ooh, is that a new word? <laughs> calendarize <you> things. <laughs> That's perfect. That's, I, yeah. I love the way you say that too. And I, I Matthew Kelly wrote out a book called Off Balance quite a few years ago mm. that I bought everybody that I loved. And I thought it, it's very similar to along those lines. And so I love it. You say that. And we're talking about being an author. First of all, what was your experience like with this book and being interviewed by Edwina? Well, first of all, I love Edwina. Yeah, <laughs> love, yeah. love, love, love Edwina. And, um, you know, she's such a powerful um, human with um, so much love and tenderness in her as well. So she's got that balance of love and tenderness um, yeah. with the power as well. And so, you know, back to being balanced a bit, you know, there are times in your life where your work needs more attention than your personal life. Sure. And as long as we communicate that, and then, you know, even with kids, and then, then your personal life gets more attention than your work. And so that's, how the scales are balanced. And I just find a, a lovely mix in Edwina. Yeah. Being interviewed because you can feel her power, but it's not to the point where it knocks you off your center. It really brings you grounded and in a beautiful, lovely energy. Yeah, I, that's a that's a very good explanation for <laughs> sure. That's and now you just wrote your, is it your first book last January? Yes, okay. yes. Can we talk about that Edwina. a little bit? Sorry, you know, on. yeah, the events of, of 2020, um, you know, had an impact on, on the world globally. And I found myself in, um, in reaction to George Floyd's murder, really wondering how can I have a bigger impact or influence, you know, and did not know what to do and was really in tears over wanting to have an impact, but not knowing how. And then what I noticed was, you know, how people were responding in their own way on social media. And then people were getting criticized for how they responded on social media, yeah. saying the wrong things, all lives matter. Um, you know, I love everybody. I don't see color, not realizing what that means to people of color when you don't see color, you don't see them. Right. And but also knowing that it was coming from a place of good intention. And so I felt that I could support well-meaning people of privilege into creating a safe space to have these conversations and for them to listen and learn. And so I put on a live forum called the, um, the Allyship Awareness Forum, where and it was female led, six women total, women of color, badass women of color. And we invited everybody who wanted to listen to our experiences, to learn about um, what we need instead of coming from the place, let me tell you what you should do. Right. We're gonna just really share from our hearts. And out of that, I started a Facebook group called The Intimacy of Race, where I share resources for your learning and for your awareness and so that you can be more in tune with what's going on some of the history that we never got taught in the schools and um, how that impacts how we show up and from that i was inspired to to write the book as well called the intimacy of race and it really is how to move past subconscious um 
subconscious racism and to, uh, to active allyship for people of privilege. And it really is very basic. You don't have to protest and change laws and things like that. But how can you start this, this transformation within? Oh, that's that's beautiful. I love that moment. And I, I don't know when was it for you when it, I, I love that moment of your you know that you have to write about it. You have to put it in book to get it out there. It's a feeling that's if anybody who's an author is watching, it's a feeling that's unprecedented. And, and that sounds like you had one of those moments. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I didn't, you know, it wasn't my intention to even, I never even did a huge bestseller campaign or anything that, that most people do. It's just like, this is just so important to be in service and to get into people's hands because it is so easily digestible. It's not overwhelming. It's not scary. It's not, oh my God, I can't do this. Or, oh my God, this is too uncomfortable. It really is a, um, I don't want to say gentle way, but it really is a way to begin the process of being better so that you can do better so that we all can have better. That's that's awesome. That's, that's really good. That's, uh, that's good. So I, I'm excited to check it out. So I have, I obviously have just found out about it today. So I got to check it out myself. So how is it that we, that we get a hold of you, Eva? Well, you know, I love to be able to talk with people who are really serious about having more, you know, more success, better relationships, better health, more money, all of that stuff. And so you can reach me easily by going to talkwitheva.com. And, you know, let's talk about how we can get you to where you want to go. And you can also just go to my website at evametalek.com. All right. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show here on Motivation Success TV and on Shot Callers. You're very inspiring. I love all of your lines of work and, and what you're doing. Uh, I look forward to us communicating more in the future. And I, I just really appreciate uh, you being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I look forward to next time. So until then, thank you for tuning in. Bye.